All right, welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Reconsider, a movie podcast from myself. I'm your host, Harrison Fagan, and I'm joined by my co-host, whose podcast this also is, Mia Agraviador. And today, we are beginning our series looking back at the entire Star Wars saga. We are going to go through and we are going to watch Star Wars Episode 1, Star Wars Episode 2, Star Wars Episode 3, Solo, Rogue One, Star Wars Episode 4, the Star Wars Holiday Special, Star Wars Episode 8, Star Wars... No, not 9. I missed 7. But that's okay. We're going to watch all of the Star Wars episodes. I didn't know that we were doing the Holiday Special. Oh, yeah. We're doing the Holiday Special. I found it on YouTube. We're doing the Holiday Special. Okay. All right. I know that you are a huge Star Wars fan. Yes. And I am a casual Star Wars fan. If you could see our house right now, what would you say... Like 30 to 40% of the decorations are. Would you say that's fair to say about how many Star Wars things we have around? Yeah, it's like half Star Wars and half... Comic book. Comic book. And like some sports. And then maybe maybe some cat stuff. That's and then a couple it. pictures of us. Yeah, but, but mostly, mostly Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> uh, I am a huge fan of these movies. I have been since I was growing up. Just like pretty much everyone that probably is listening to this podcast, almost everyone except Mia, she has poor taste in movies, as Whatever. we've established throughout the history of this podcast. But today, we are beginning with the 1999 classic film that started it all. No, it didn't. Okay, it didn't start at all. Um, it started the discourse. Yeah, it started people actually arguing about Star Wars instead of a bunch of people just being like, this is great. But we, the 1999 classic, Star Wars Episode One. The Phantom Menace. Okay. There are um, no phantoms in this movie. No. Not the car, not the ghosts. <laughs> no Casper. Yeah, no Casper, thank God. <laughs> um, there is a menace. Um, I, I guess I should just, I guess I should ask you since, or we, we can kind of talk about this, but like, what do you remember liking about this movie, if anything, when you saw it? Because 1999, you would have been what, like three when this came out? Yeah, I think I saw this a little bit later. Yeah. Um, probably when I was, like, grade school, I think. Um, my family wasn't that big into Star Wars, um, so I really wasn't. So I wasn't really introduced to it. Uh, but I do kind of remember watching it. Uh, and honestly, I think the only thing I remember from it was Jar Jar Binks. I actually, as a child, was an unabashed <laughs> Jar Jar stan. I had toys posters, everything. Oh Just like most kids, I loved Jar Jar. I did not understand how problematic he was until I was much older, I believe. That was, like, brought to my attention when I was, like, in high school, and I was like, wait, what? Jar Jar's racist? Yeah. And then I, like, went and did some internet digging, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a little, that's maybe a little bit problematic. But, well, I'm sure we'll get into all of that after we rewatch the movie. Is there anything else that you remember about this? Do you think it's gonna hold up? I guess some of these questions that we normally ask are a little bit less relevant for a movie like this, that, like, both of us have watched and yeah i haven't seen it in so long though i do remember queen amidala and like her face paint stuff because i remember my childhood friend growing up was her for halloween um and some pod racing shit that's all i remember yeah i i think this movie actually like low-key might have the best lightsaber battle of all of the movies. I know what um, you're talking about. Yes, yeah, episode 8 gives it a run, um, and episode 3 has a really strong one, but, like, outside of those, and uh, Yoda for a little bit in episode 2, but, like, we'll get into all of that as we go through these. Yeah, um, I honestly, them- honestly, this movie, I don't, 
think it's really remembered for its I don't I don't think the prequels are really remembered for its plot. Like it's really in depth like origin story because it's just no one really cares about that. Oh you know? uh, no, we're gonna get into that because I actually have some hot takes on that. But we are going to now go and begin our Star Wars extravaganza and go and watch Episode One, and then we will be right back and we will give a, our longer ranging thoughts. All right. Let's go to hyperspace. <laughs> All right, and we are back. We just watched Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And for those of you that are new, just kind of checking out the podcast for the first time because it's Star Wars now, uh, generally how these second halves of episodes break down is first, the person who is newest to the movie, in this case Mia, is going to try and break down the entire plot in 60 seconds. We call it our summary in 60 seconds. Uh, and then we are going to go through what we liked about the movie, what we didn't like, and then just some overall thoughts. So um, if you did not watch the movie yet, uh, and did not go and watch it with us, then go ahead. This is the segment for you where Mia is going to explain in 60 seconds what happened, just kind of catch you up and uh, make sure that you kind of your memory is refreshed. So Mia, starting now, summarize this thing. So there's a planet called Naboo and then there are these aliens. Um, okay, well, first of all, it's set in space. There's a planet called Naboo. There's aliens that are blocking Naboo trading routes. And these two guys, they're both Jedis, are going in to check what's up. And then they find this. Uh, the leader is a child bride. And they're all like, listen, let's go somewhere where you're safer. And then we're going to go talk to the Republic or Senate or White House, whatever. And then they take her. And then their ship gets kind of wrecked. And then they uh, land in like a planet. Um and there's a little kid and there's a pod race and they have to get stuff. There's a whole thing there. So then they finally get their shit and then they uh, go to a city planet <laughs> and they fight and they're like, listen, like, stop this. And they're like, no. And they're like, fuck you. And we're leaving. We're going back to Naboo. They go back to Naboo. There's a, a horny um, red face guy. They fight him. And then to be um, clear, he's he has literal horns coming out. Yes. Of his yes. Face. He's yes. not just like he's you not know. sexually aroused. OK, so they, they fight him and then they're like, oh, no, we're all going to lose. And then it turns out the um anakin the little boy uh the little boy from the planet the pod racing figures out how to destroy everything and everything's great oh and there's also jar jar binks yes Uh, okay listen i know that wasn't the greatest you did not also did not come in under 60 seconds also you said this movie set in space aren't all movies set in space if you really think about it but they go out into space like there's space travel there's space travel how's that yes okay to clarify and to cl- and to clarify the ending of the summary at the end uh, everything they they all stand around as Qui-Gon's body gets burned after he gets killed by Darth Maul and they all sit there you know just taking the just waft in the smells of the burning for some reason and then uh and then they go and they have this big parade where the Gungans and Naboo come together and like it's great but for some reason they're handing each other this like really glowing sparkly ball and I don't know is this like the glowing sparkly fortune teller ball of peace I didn't understand that it was very weird strange that was way to a end really movie. weird ending it was like they were almost like it, it almost read like they're like okay well episode four ended with a party like a, a big metal awarding ceremony so we got to oh, do something like that that was episode six that ended with the the party with yeah the with the ewoks okay. yeah all right I, anyways anyways so that i guess that's the ending um this whole movie has a really honestly to me was a very confusing plot there was way too many sideline stories and stuff like that 
But let's get into what still works with this movie. Yeah, I want to talk more about the plot on the like overall thoughts That's part fine. of this. But, but what did, I guess what did you like about the movie? Because I think you enjoyed this movie. I actually weirdly liked it more than I think. I think my expectations were so low. Uh, that like it ended up exceeding them yeah and i think you went into it with a much more critical eye and didn't really like it as much which is fine but what did you like about the movie was there anything that kind of did it for you i liked the scene with darth maul the fighting scene that was actually kind of cool um yeah that was honestly that was a really cool part um and the costume designs were kind of cool, like Queen Amidal, Padme Amidala's, like, all her outfits that she gets to change and everything. I don't know. That I like that. That had to be so annoying. <laughs> to her? Like, for, like, every day she shows up for work, they have, like, a different crazy makeup, like, headdress thing. Yeah, to put they're on, like, like, okay, you're gonna have now 10 pounds on top of your head. Yeah. Why? We don't know. It's fine. Just just go with it. <laughs> yeah, I, on the lightsaber fight part, I, I actually the the Darth Maul, um, Obi Wan, Qui Gon Jinn fight is okay. So to be clear, Obi Wan is Ian McGregor, and Qui Gon is the Liam Neeson character. Yes, that literally only appears in one. Yeah, just in this one movie because he dies at the end of it. Spoiler alert: if you have not for some reason <laughs> watched the Phantom Menace and are listening to this podcast. Um, the choreography of that, I think especially when you take into account like what lightsaber fights had looked like before that. Because oh, you gotta yeah. remember, yeah, yeah. all we had before that was the original trilogy. And like, we're gonna go through this when we watch them back now. Like, But lightsaber fights they were, were not, not the highlight. Like, it yeah. was kind of a very like, oh, I'm gonna slash at you, uh-huh. and then slash at you, and slash at you. And okay, now I'm gonna slash harder. Yeah. And that's kind of it. This one, this one was like, they were dancing. They were like going yeah. around. It looked intense. And like, I feel like that was more... That kind of set up because I know that in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, they both have really, really good lightsaber battles, I think. And I think that kind of starts off the, like, really intense... I'd say more The Last Jedi. Well, I think they'll... Okay. Anyways. Yeah, we can get into that when we actually watch those movies. (laughs) I I think, especially considering the time, like, that is really cool and it really took lightsaber fights up another level. I think this is honestly... If I'm just thinking off the top of my head, this one, the Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Obi-Wan fight is, it's definitely in the top three of the series, I think. It's There's intense. Like this one. Especially then, the music. I like the music that they had too. I think that's like the yeah. only kind of music Another people, positive of the movie. People remember from the, um, the prequels. Yeah. Basically, they just used the music from... Well, it was the same composer, but like it was, yeah, I mean, that all the That was a new song, you know. Yeah, the And music, that was good. In Star Wars is generally great. I think I would put that one up there with... It's probably like the big three of that one. Um, the Obi-Wan-Anakin fight in Episode 3. And then I think the the Last Jedi when Kylo and Rey are fighting off that. Scene. Yeah, the throne room scene is like... That was really cool. Um, um, I guess what else did... Is there anything else that you liked about this movie? They had Liam Neeson in it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, the effects held up better than I expected them to in a lot of ways. Yeah, like the the, the battle droids were pretty cool. Um, I still understand why they went back to practical effects for the other movies, like a lot more because yeah, it it's just a, it is looks jar, like so you can tell better. Jar Jar is not there. 
Like that stuff like that where the characters are really prominent in a scene. It's like the green screen thing is pretty jarring it's now that we kind of know how to look for that. Yeah. But like I thought it doesn't hold up. With yeah. practical I think more with practical like really good practical effects like that still holds up. Like like you know for example Jurassic Park, you know that practical effect of the dinosaur even watching it now still holds up you know yeah the green screen was the worst invention for george lucas's career oh he went he's like wait anything i can imagine you guys can just draw it in now this is great (laughs) like we never have to go to a set we can just shoot the entire movie on a green screen like yeah so no but i thought the spaceship battles were cool i thought you know what Speaking of spaceship battles, I think the pod racing part was actually kind of fun to watch. Yes, honestly, the pod racing part would have been a lot cooler. And this can start to get into the negatives as well of like the pod racing part was cool if it wasn't so long and there weren't so many cuts to Jake Lloyd just gritting his teeth and yelling. Yes. Like they were like, all right, you got to act. And he's just like, he just, he opens his mouth and like like, grits his teeth. It's like he's pooping in the pod. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And, which I wouldn't blame him. That looks very scary. So, uh, and then there was also, like, all these random cutaways during the race. You're, like, trying to build dramatic tension, and then all of a sudden it goes to, like, Jar Jar, like, doing, like, a cutaway get, which is a criticism of the whole movie with Jar Jar. Is Is there a, like, is there a cut of this movie where they just completely cut out Jar Jar? I I bet there is somewhere online. The Jar Jar, Jar Jar Binks cut, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I think this movie would be 5,000 percent better if they didn't have that Jar Jar Binks in it yeah and then like the pod racing thing as well like it wasn't just him it was like it was just so many random cutaways there's even a random like Asajj Ventress cameo for no reason who is an expanded universe character that um she's like a bounty hunter with force abilities and like amnesia and crazy storyline she's just like randomly in this movie I guess so they could get her in a movie and sell an action figure I don't know it was very strange yes did you just flex your Star Wars knowledge on me a little bit i'm not sure if she's still considered canon because i read all the expanded universe novels before they came out with like not all of them but a lot of them did you watch star wars before it was cool yeah basically <laughs> uh, and then they they made the new sequels or whatever and like now all that stuff's retconned but like i'm not so i'm not sure if she's can- i i just want to let our view our listeners know he just pushed up his glasses yeah, while he said that literally um <laughs> let's yeah, go I, to- I have an i have a note here to get back to jar jar um oh please i no are you going to defend him? No, I'm not. I'm not going to defend you. Better Jar-Jar. not. Um, I, I think he's really annoying. Obviously, a what? lot of people have written about like how problematic he is overall. Um, and like I, I think it was. It, I was curious if that was like a kind of new thing where we were like, like I was like, because they didn't talk about this kind of stuff and like prejudices and things like that. Things were able to be more overt back when this movie was made. And, like, that's not a good thing. I think that's a change for the better that people have had to have less stereotypical portrayals and less offensive stuff in their movies. But I was curious. I was like, how was this perceived at the time? Were people calling were pe- it out? Yeah. I don't think so, they were. No, they were. Oh. In 1999, oh, when no. this movie came out, <laughs> I was able to find articles in The Independent, in the LA Times. Uh, there, This is an, a, a headline from an LA Times article. A galaxy far, far off racial mark. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, there is this edit, this, uh, this from The Guardian, this is from Andrew Gumble in Los Angeles of The Guardian, was talking, th- this is his lead to his story about The Phantom Menace. Is the new Star Wars movie racist? Two weeks after the hotly awaited U.S. release of Episode One: The Phantom Menace, diehard fans of George Lucas's space opera are beginning to wonder about the wholesomeness... Uh, 
of noseless baddies who speak in high-pitched Japanese accents, a filthy insect who sounds Greek or Arabic, and a computer-generated <laughs> idiot alien who talks like a Caribbean galley slave. Oh my which I just, god! I wanted to read that because that is masterful writing. That, that sums that's up actually pretty good. All of the problems yeah. with this movie. It's not just Jar Jar. Jar Jar is the one that obviously has taken the most heat and looks even worse to re- rewatching today in 2019. Like I was actually kind of uncomfortable watching some of it just because it's so it's so bad transparent and like what was george lucas what was in his mind he's like uh yeah stereotypes yeah no that's definitely funny put that in yeah like this thing got so much backlash and like some of this is deservedly so but you almost feel bad for like actors in this case that are just trying to make it like i mean obviously they took the job and like they acted like that and saw no problem with it and like i think the guy ahmed best who played him like still is like you know that he did it and he did not intend for it to be racist in any way and like whatever but he he talks about he this is an article from 2019 actually january 5th 2019 so this year he talked about how he contemplated suicide because of the reaction to jar jar (laughs) overall and like how many people criticized it and like that is obviously horrible like you know he, he should not have to go through that i don't think that there was i mean i don't know what his intent was when playing the character or whatever but like that is that really also sums up how real the backlash to that character was not just as like this guy is annoying and he is in star wars and he takes you out of the movie a lot but this was like kind of a deeply problematic character that sounded like a lot of african-american stereotypes there was the whole gungans were basically a stereotype the trade federation was basically some kind of asian stereotype Watto, i didn't had never even thought about but Watto is bad yeah terrible Yeah. yeah and it's like no one else has an accent that prominent and it's mostly those three characters no all the heroes are all white and they all talk like they're british don't you say that because samuel l jackson was in okay movie okay he was in it for a little bit but he made he he did it he did what he he could set up his role just like nick fury at the end of the first iron man god bless him he set himself up for big roles down the honestly that was another thing that was good samuel l jackson was here he acted he acted with a cgi yoda and it looked realistic as hell and i commend him for that yeah i i honestly wish they had stuck with the puppet for yoda because like it does kind of take you out of it a little bit although they did the cgi for yoda is somehow better than most of it i don't know if it's just because he's not moving as much i just felt like he looked a little bit what's funny is that in the last jedi they they went went back back to practical practical effects effects, and it looks yeah. It looks better. I mean, it looks like, you could tell it's a puppet. But, but it's, like, it's it, what it's meant it to be. It looks more real in the world. Yeah. Like, it's not clearly just, like, dropped in there. Episode 3, if I remember correctly, Yoda actually looks really, really good for most of the movie. Um, But we'll have to do that test. Yeah, anyways, but, anyways. But to go back to Jar Jar Binks. Yes. I know this man, The I, I didn't know that this actor was the compliment, com, compliment. Contemplating. Con, yes, contemplating suicide. I'm still going to rip into this. this yeah, character. no, that's. I think that it's fine to criticize the character. I, I think that if anything, not that just shows fault. how universal that criticism was, which is kind of crazy considering the time, like, oh and how God. much yeah. more, like, people just put up with that kind no, of stuff. No, okay, then. so t- 
talking about Jar Jar Binks, there were so many cutaways to this character that had nothing to do with the story, just to like focus on him doing stupid stuff. It during completely the- undercut it, it the just, tension. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. And it's like, so they find him in this like little world, and he's banned. They, even his own people don't like him. Okay, they don't <laughs> want him. Like no one wants him. Unliked character. He is, and-, and these two Jedi guys who are like super powerful and everything, and they just seem like level headed. They're like, hey. Let's bring this this you know thing with us you know on our band of merry men, you know because they have that. I'm gonna rip into Anakin too, but we'll we'll talk about Anakin. But they have him and they keep him the entire time, and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't. He literally no, is actually, in the way. In spite of himself, he does help them a couple times. He helps during the battle a couple times. Oh, the battle! No, no, no. On <laughs> it is. It's like the Force Gump. It is like the Force Gump of the Star Wars universe. He. Everything he did was on accident, and somehow the universe was like, "No, we will give you a chance." He just ended up in the background of all these historical moments being exactly, awkward. and like it's a good thing that they ultimately almost completely phased him out for the rest of the prequel trilogy. Thank um, God he somehow becomes a senator, regardless oh of all this later on. Anyway, that's not in this movie. That's not in this movie. But I, I just, yeah, I, I'm completely with you. I think that there were moments. It, it, was, it beyond the offensive. It wasn't even funny. It wasn't funny. Like really. at least with like BB-8, like he's cute and like he is helpful during the the movies. And you know he he has his moments where they kind of cut away to him, but it's like so short and it's like okay, whatever. And it just feels it, the Jar Jar thing feels like a different movie. Like there was the scene where they were storming the castle at Theed, trying to take it back over as part of their plan uh, to like liberate Naboo, and like they're all fighting. You're like starting this gun battle, whatever, and then all of a sudden Jar Jar is in the background, like dropping wrenches and whatever, and just like it, it's just <laughs> like it just takes it, you, you're like it's I tension, feel, tension, tension, yeah. and then all of a sudden, ha ha ha, look at this guy, no, he you screwed don't up, and then it that. worked out. You, yeah, oh my god, you don't need it, and it's just like every time I saw him on screen, I just physically felt sick and angry just like looking at him, like it didn't add anything to the story at all yeah except maybe he his people like joined forces and they fought a battle well even that like they didn't even have to have the battle on the movie and it would have been fine it would have been fine yeah okay let's let's move on because i think i think we've reached the conclusion this is going to be like a real i'm just gonna hold on before i lay this out i want everyone to sit down i want everybody to pull over if you're in your car just pull over to the side of the road because i'm about to drop a hot take Jar Jar is a bad character that was not a great addition to the Star Wars universe. That's not a hot take. That's a common take. That yeah, we are the we are we are in agreement. I think just in case you did not <laughs> like you had not, nobody had ever dropped this on you before. Like Jar Jar is not the greatest. He's not. Let's for like every reason and um, <laughs> let's move on because I think there are two more primary criticisms that I think you can make of this movie, and one of them is. Jake Lloyd as child Anakin Skywalker. And the other one is the dialogue. And these two things are, I think, deeply interconnected to me. Because I don't even know where the problems with one start and, like, one end. They're both, they're one in the same. It just, like, feeds each other. It's a giant circle. And it's all this kid's fault. It's not all this kid's fault. Well, the way he delivers it, it's his fault. His delivery wasn't great, but the lines weren't great either. Yeah, but. Hold on. Okay, all right. The first moment that he meets Padme. He drops the "Are you an angel?" line on her. Oh. This is an eight-year-old of some kind. Like, and I understand that he's trying to set them up as like a couple, maybe later on in the movies. He must have known that this is what he was going to do. <laughs> but it's just like, what? I know. What did this kid just say? And then he says, 
Uh, and then, like, there's no chemistry, obviously, which that would be weirder if there was chemistry. Yeah, because how old was Natalie Portman? She was like. She was much older. She was like significantly older. 16, 17. No, like, her character's 16, 17. She was probably like closer to 20s, I would guess, at that point. Well, then that's even weirder. Yeah. Um, which is obviously why they recast him later (laughs) in the series. Um, and so he drops the are you an angel line on her. And then he talks about which planet he's heard the angels come from. And I'm like, wait on, hold on a second. There's (laughs) angels in this universe and they're just like one of the eight. Like what? Like he's dropping this as like a, like, are you an angel? But then it turns out that's actually a race of people that exist. Like, do they fly? Do they perform? Do they look like Natalie Portman? Are they force users? I don't know. Are they Jedis? (laughs) Yeah. I'm very curious about this. And, never comes up again. And the way he delivers it, it literally looks like he's reading, like, every, off almost, to the side. <laughs> almost every single line came off like they were holding up a yeah. board that uh-huh. said he, of his line. <sighs> I mean, I give credit. He's it, a child. child actor, I don't want to roast this child. But, to, yeah. but there are good child actors out there, you know? It's not just... He was also kind of set up to fail by a lot of this dialogue. Yeah, that's and true. This dialogue like, was garbage. Yeah. I, I, it just And then beyond even the acting, there was just like a lot of weird character decisions. Like, he's just this eight-year-old that like tries to start fights with Sebulba, who's like this criminal pod racer guy. That, uh, yeah. like, and he just trash talks him and apparently thinks that nothing's going to happen to him. Like, all the kid actors are annoying, even beyond him. One of the kid actors drops a line, that's so wizard, Annie. Yes, it was his just like friend. <laughs> George Lucas putting on his backwards cap and going full Steve Buscemi. He wrote this? Yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he wrote this entire prequel series, which is... I'll, I'll double check that. Actually, can you look that up while I talk? But I'm 99% sure that George Lucas wrote this entire series. Oh my god. Who, uh, let, the, who greenlit this? Because somebody else wrote the dialogue for the original trilogy, is my recollection. And that, like, Lucas wrote all of it here, which is why who? it sounds so Okay, stilted. who was the producer? Because at least they have to go and read the script and think... This definitely needs a little bit of help. Well, we'll they get into brought this someone in. in the later movies, but like I think one of the things that I remember reading a lot about is how like honestly the cast of the original trilogy bailed them out a lot of times because they wouldn't say the lines that they were putting out and telling them to say, and they would be like, "I think my character would do this," and it was a lot of it was a strength of their talents. Um, but like he, you know, like. It's just a strangely written character of, like, this child who ha- clearly has a crush on, like, Natalie Portman and it's like, just following her around like a puppy dog, but then, like, also acts childlike, and it's just, like... And he's annoying, a- and he doesn't look cute either. He Although they like did. a weird-looking kid. On rewatch, one thing... I will give them credit for one thing. They fi- they did start to set up his dark tendencies a little bit in this movie. Yeah, because he's a, he's a brat. Well, in, also, in the... He, yeah, he is annoying. He's a brat. Uh, in the pod racing scene, there is that part where him and Sebulba's pods kind of get stuck together, and there's this little rod thing that's sticking into Sebulba's, and I'm like... Did this eight-year-old build a trap to be able to sabotage and presumably blow up and destroy another pod racer during a race? And, like, Anakin was just going to go out there and try and kill people? I just, I don't What other purpose does that thing serve? I don't know. That's all I'm saying. He's got a vendetta. This kid kid is out for blood. He definitely was, like, using the force to, like, rip wings off of butterflies (laughs) and stuff like that. I, yes, he has a psycho kind of look to him. So, yeah, I'm looking this up, and it was was directed and written by George Lucas. Yeah. That is a big, just, like, narcissistic move right there. Yeah, he just... It was just like, he was like, oh, no, the Star Wars trilogy... He's a great story idea guy. Not the details. 
this movie is the best argument against like and also episode two is a great argument that george lucas should never be allowed to write romantic dialogue oh we'll my god we'll get to that um but yeah it, it's just this movie is still easily the worst of the prequels it was I bad think. Uh, i think uh, probably of all star wars movies yeah this movie honestly we stopped and started watching this like three times about three times yeah the first time we had to do something second time i fell asleep so <laughs> and that's the thing it's like I, if you want a star wars movie you want more just like action then this is more like a political drama and i'm like not about that at all so i literally don't care so that's actually that is something that like as we're kind of getting into our overall thoughts on this movie that is something that i wanted to highlight like i think that this is a deeply problematic movie it is not necessarily a good movie i do think it deserves some level of credit for it's definitely the most ambitious star wars movie ever like just in terms of coming back and going with a prequel like all these years after the original hit like that's a certain level of boldness and then to make it a political drama that's trying to get into all these things like the original star wars movies that was just like simple it was it was simple and it was just like that's how effective because it was effective though here's the summary of the first three star wars movies episode four was uh was bad bad guys build big scary thing and we blow it up episode five was bad guys are chasing us episode six was bad guys built another scary thing and we have to blow it up again like it's not complicated and i i think that lucas deserves credit for trying to create a more complicated world with a little bit more themes than just like good versus evil it was like it kind of gets into the military industrial complex a little oh bit See, it I gets into the but... flaws in democracy <laughs> and like it's not well that's not executed. what i want from a star wars movie that's I just... <laughs> fair but i think that it was an attempt to make the series a little bit i mean even a, i can't really say that with a straight face because this movie also had jar jar Binks. but like <laughs> it was an attempt to like try something a little bit more complicated and get it like not there isn't it isn't always just good versus evil this is a major theme of the tri- of the prequels as well that we'll get into more later um but like it, it's not th- there were like the republic is you can start you start to see the evidence of the decline and how an empire would start to be built out of this and how all of the corruption you start to see the start of palpatine's rise like in the original trilogy you're like who would let this guy come to power this crazy cackling old evil dude and you start to see the evidence of political manipulation and kind of like hinting at padme like dropping the you could do a vote of no confidence ah no we probably shouldn't do that and then she ends up doing it um and there's some th- and like them the Republic not acting swiftly to deal with... There's clearly one side doing a bad thing here and one side doing a good thing, and the government was still like, well, we got to hear them both out. I, I think they deserve some credit for like showing that there is like more than just good versus bad. And again, I'm not arguing that this is a good movie. I just... I kind of see what it was going for. I just think that it missed the mark. Yeah, it definitely did. Because I think like if you kind of like portion out this movie, like... Pretty much half of the movie is just dialogue and sitting down and talking in a circle, basically. Well, it's why this movie is the worst of the Star Wars movies there's because n- there's nothing. Lucas is not a great dialogue guy. There's all these lines that are like... There's barely any action scenes. This exemplifies it almost as much as anything. Like The scene where they're coming into Coruscant, the pilot is talking to Anakin and he's like, Hey, this is Coruscant, the city planet. And then boom. And then he's like, cuts. Chancellor Valorum is meeting us on the thing. And it's like, okay, they're... That was the least subtle way to work that into the... Di- he literally just read the scene set up. Yeah. 
He probably just the read city the, planet. Yeah. Like that can be established with the shot that you had going right then of them going over a planet that is all a metropolis. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, it, it's not a good movie. I just wanted to say, like, I think it kind of deserves a little bit of credit no. for trying to no. make Star Wars a little bit more no. complicated. Why do you need to complicate Star Wars? It's fucking Star I Wars. I like to think about movies a little bit. I don't. If I'm going to go see an action movie, I don't want to think. I just want to think. watch things blow up. Okay. Well, congrats to the John Wick <laughs> uh, and Fast and the Furious. Um, <laughs> okay, but but to put this into perspective, this came out, what, 2000? Early 1999. 2000. Okay, so early 2000s. Can you imagine going into the theater after waiting 20 years after your favorite franchise ended? You're like, oh boy, they're making another Star Wars movie. You walk into that theater and you watch this movie. As an adult, yeah, I can't I even imagine. I would like, be so pissed. As a kid, I was like, this is awesome. They have lightsabers. They're fighting. They're flipping now. This is so cool. There's a kid. There's a funny alien guy. Like... I'm sure people walked out and was like, no, that was a really good Star Wars. I, you know what? I'm going to go see it again. They probably saw it again and they're like, nope. The critical is... reception was not great yeah, at the time. I, I went back so. and looked at this. Like, it was uh, the, the audience reception. There were Star Wars fans. Like, there were Star Wars fans. In that LA Times article, it talks about there were Star Wars fans before the movie came out that established a website called Jar Jar Binks Must Die or Jar Jar Must Die dot com. Good. This is in 1999. They set up a, they set up a website. <laughs> Do you know how hard that is in 1999? <laughs> probably took them like two months. <laughs> probably took them like they they saw the first poster of Jar Jar. They're like, no, like, we can't do this. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that has just escalated now with these new Star Wars movies. These fans are just. I understand like being disappointed, but like at least the new Star Wars movies have like pretty good aspects to it and are somewhat good. This is just bad. Like I understand why people would be pissed, you know. But the other movies, it's like, okay, you guys are nitpicking at this point. Yeah, this movie doesn't have a whole lot of redeeming qualities. I guess, like, the only other things that, like, I wanted to note um, were, like, I, I think, uh, like, I, I thought Liam Neeson, actually, I, I think his performance does, like, class the movie up a little bit. I thought that he was pretty good as Qui-Gon. You could kind of see why, the later stage, why Obi-Wan would be the way that he is in the original yeah, trilogy. Yeah, because that was, from his, Qui-Gon. That was his teacher. Um, and I think that you can see that there's a... Ewan McGregor, honestly, is the MVP of the original, of the prequel trilogy. God bless him. Like, he turned in a really great performance as a young Obi-Wan. I mean, he was okay. He was just kind of like... He gets better as the other movies go on. Okay, because he was just kind of like, Qui-Gon, why? Why are we doing this? Okay, I guess, but I'm against you, but, you know. It was... It's not an easy thing to take on a character that's that iconic and, like, be, like, the young version of him and show the growth and progression. And I think that they start to do that a little bit in this movie. Those are mainly the only real positives, I think, that it has going for it. And, and again, the lightsaber fighting was really cool. So if you want, honestly, if just rather than watch this it. movie, just go and watch that lightsaber fight. Maybe a cut of it with no cutaways. And then just Jar-Jar. read the rest of the Wikipedia plot summary so you can understand... But you don't really need to because, you know... We just outlined it for you. Yeah, we just outlined it for you. And honestly, if you're ever going to get someone into Star Wars, just don't even start them on the prequels. But again, we're going through all of them. We're going to go through all of them. So next up will be episode two, unless you have more thoughts on this movie. No, let's get out of here. The the Phantom Menace we are done with. Uh, The Phantom Menace was a menace of a movie. We have canceled it. (laughs) Yes. Dennis the Menace, Phantom Menace. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. 
<laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes, and we are on Twitter. Very active on Twitter. Sometimes we post um, some videos up there. Yeah, Mia's been putting together some fun videos. Yeah, uh, so definitely check that out. That our Twitter at is. It's at rewind reconsider, but there's no e in reconsider because there were character limits. So, <laughs> oh Twitter. Yeah, if you just search rewind and reconsider, you should probably find it. But yeah, it's at rewind reconsider, like with you know, no like, e. Yeah, like it was like it's a dating app for people with uh. There's not the, no second e before the final r. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, check us out there. Um, leave us any comments or anything. I just love just having people comment about me and f- making me feel good because that's the only thing that ever makes yeah, me please, feel good. Yeah, please please hype me up. I know I'm the real MVP <laughs> of this podcast, but you don't have to tell me. Just tell her. <laughs> please. <laughs> Alrighty, till next time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to plan these exits better. No.